0: Hey, uh, so we have some Aloe Black fans out there. Hey, so Allo, as he wrote this song, I mean, he's living the dream. That's partially what the song was about. He doesn't want to wake up. I mean, things are going amazingly well for Aloe's career. Um, and you may be wondering this morning, what about my dream? Um, I don't know what happened to my dream. It feels like my dream is over because I feel stressed maybe a little bit lost, a little disconnected today. And I want to tell you a story. A few years ago, when Candace and I moved here to start Rock Hills Church, we moved from across the country to San Antonio. And we were so excited as we started out this venture, this adventure here in San Antonio. I mean, our kids were starting school. The boys were uh, in school. Reagan was still pretty little. She wasn't in school yet. Um, We had this huge challenge, this vision, this dream that we were pursuing to basically build a church that would reach people as they are and to help them to find life in Christ, relationship with Christ and begin to grow in his grace and purpose. And we had a small group of people who joined us in that and we started together. I mean, the dream was happening and we were all in it. But then you know what? The day to day started of living into the dream. And it was hard. And there was a lot to do. And we were spending time trying to figure out how can we meet people without them thinking we're weird? How can we share our life and faith? How can we get to know people? And how can we invite people into this to join us? And it was stressful because it was real life stuff where we had moved here and our house hadn't sold. And so we had a second house now with two mortgages. And there was financial strain that was beginning to build into our lives, Candace and I especially, and some of the other couples that moved as well or people that moved to be a part of Rock Hills, they were experiencing the same financial pressure. And so, of course, there's the day-to-day stuff. Like, we had risked everything to to move here and to start Rock Hills, and Candace... She wants to know how we're doing. Are we making some progress today? And so she would often walk into my office, which was in the house, and she would ask me a couple of questions. She'd say, who are you meeting with today? And what's your plan for the day? Now, those seem like simple, honest questions, but they'd set me off. I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. I don't know anybody yet. And then the tension would build between us. And we would start to argue more often, and we would say things we didn't mean, and we would get pretty sarcastic with each other, with our words and our faces. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. And there were days that we didn't look much like Jesus at all. And sometimes when we would have these discussions, I would just start, I would just walk out of the room, and sometimes I would walk out of the house which is great leadership, isn't it? But the weeks began bleeding together and we were busy doing what we were convinced that God wanted us to do, but we were caught in this miserable cycle. Something was off. Candace and I were disconnected. Our life wasn't working. And maybe you feel like that too. Maybe you feel like that today. Something is missing. Something's not working. Your life is off and you're not sure exactly what it is. And maybe you're realizing this or experiencing it as you struggle in your work or in a relationship or with your kids. I mean, at work, it seems like you're putting in more time. You're working harder and longer hours than you ever have. But you're not getting stuff done. It seems like the work is still piling up. And so you're starting to look for shortcuts, corners that you can get around. And you know that you're not doing your best work. Or there's something going on in your relationship, your relationship with your spouse. And you know something's off, but you don't have energy to engage. You don't have enough to even deal with it. But every day it seems like you're getting more and more disconnected or you're snapping at your kids, you have no patience with them, and you want that to change, but day after day after day, it seems like the same routine, and you have no idea where to start. You're just exhausted. And maybe you would love to make some new friends, you'd love to find someone you could could love and share life with, but you've been burned before, and you sit at home and you feel depressed and one week kind of goes into the next week and before you know it it seems like you're spending most of your time on things that don't matter and life is not working so what's off what can we do about it if that's what we're experiencing today And what Candace and I experienced after a couple of months of this years ago, and we've had these experiences since, we haven't figured it out, but what we experienced after a couple of months of this was that we weren't paying attention to our gauges. Now, um, we all have gauges. And you say, oh, what are gauges? Well, if you look on your dashboard on a vehicle, on your car, you have gauges. You're supposed to pay attention to the gauges, all right? 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 If you don't, you might get in trouble. Now, when I was in high school and college, if a light came on or something was wrong on a gauge, I just kind of hoped, maybe it'll get better. (laughs) I don't have money to fix this, right? But you have to pay attention to the gauges. And what we recognized is that we have four gauges. There are at least four. You can probably think of some more. But the main ones are physical gauge, mental gauge, emotional gauge, and spiritual gauge. And so as we started talking about it, our physical gauge w- was all right. I mean, I was, I was exercising. I was doing stuff. When I get mad, I'd go out and run. I'd, I'd do that. My wife tells me to go run when I'm in a, in a grumpy mood. Physically, we were okay. We were getting enough sleep. Mentally, we were focused on starting this new faith community. We were engaged. It was exciting work that we were committed to. But then we realized Emotionally and spiritually, even though we were trying to do what we were sure God wanted us to do, emotionally and spiritually, we were on empty. There was nothing in the tank. And so we started figuring out what do we need to shift or to change so that we can begin filling these tanks Well, one of the things we realized is we weren't resetting or uh, we weren't uh, hitting the reset button. We were avoiding this button that God had given us. He's given us a reset button. Now, you're wondering, what is this reset button? Well, God wants us each week to hit it, for us to be able to check the gauges, so we can evaluate what's happening in our lives. So we can rest, we can refresh, we can take a look at why we are doing what we're doing. So how do we do that? Well, the scripture tells us that God has commanded us to do this, to hit this reset button. He's commanded us to take one day off a week. And that means we need to stop, to slow down and reset our lives on a weekly basis, which means God created us to do more with less, We get six days to get stuff done and we're to take one day to reset, to rest, to reflect, to evaluate. Okay, now you're thinking, yeah, that's, that's ancient stuff, I get it. I mean, in the United States where we live, we work five days a week. Some of us work six, but most of us work five days a week and we have two days off so we can do our own stuff. And you're thinking, so I got to give one of those days up. Yep. And God tells us that it's essential for us that we take this day and that we will get more done if we establish this right pattern in our lives where less is truly more because we're asking God into each day that we live. And that's why God created. For six days, and he rested on the seventh day, he gave us a pattern of what it's supposed to look like where we're able to learn from him and to kind of go with him and invite him into our life. And so when Moses brought the 10 commandments to God's people, the Sabbath was meant to be critical to their life and success in the new land. God didn't give it as an option. Obviously, they could choose not to practice it, but it wasn't given as an option. It was a command, a good thing for his people a weekly pattern for them so that they could grow in their relationship with God and experience his presence. And it's just as important for us today. So here's the text from Exodus chapter 20, the 10 commandments, just this one verse on the Sabbath or a day of rest. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. That just meant keep it set apart, it needs to be different from the other days of the week. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest, dedicated to the Lord your God. All right. So, what does Sabbath mean? We don't have to use the term, but it's. You know, it, it, what does it mean? It means to cease, to end, to rest. And it was meant to be a different day, a day that was dedicated. To God. Now, we hear the words, we think about it. Initially, I don't know what your reaction is, but mine is when I hear Sabbath, I didn't grow up going to church on a, you know, very often. So when I thought of Sabbath, I thought, oh, that's, that's something religious. It's a religious requirement. It's a day to be bored out of your mind where there's a long list of things that you can't do. Okay? Okay. If you grew up in church and you, it was very conservative, that you probably experienced some of that. It's a day to feel guilty. And you say, I'll pass on that. I feel guilty enough as it is. But that wasn't God's intent, even though many religious groups have made this day of rest like that. God's intent was to make a day that would be a gift to us. It was meant to be a gift that would define the rest of our week and to create a weekly pattern in our lives where we could find a rhythm to focus on what's most important. A pattern where we can stop and look ahead to say, okay, this week ahead, God, I need you to go with me. I need to remember that you're in control and I'm not. And you know what? As Candace and I checked the gauges and we looked at our own life and what was wrong and why we were so low emotionally and spiritually, we realized that we had no Sabbath. We weren't stopping. We were in a pattern where day after day we were working. We didn't have church services yet and we'd gather with our our group of people, but we really weren't resting. We weren't stopping. We weren't resetting. And so we just keep, Going and going and getting more and more empty. And you know what? Uh, living on empty isn't good for anybody, no matter how good your intentions. And if you're there this morning, hey, that's okay. There, there are lots of us that have been empty. We're probably empty today. We can figure it out together as we look to God. But staying empty is not good. And so if you're empty this morning, God has some words of life for you today. So how about a, a what-if question? So we do think that, hey, this is, I, I don't know how I'm going to be able to get enough done if I take a day off. But God says, less is more. What if the key to your success and health is taking a day to connect with God? What if that's the key ingredient that will focus your energy and your time this week? What if you stopped and you rested in who Jesus is, what he's like, what he's about, what he's done for you, and what it means to be in relationship with him and to invite him into each moment of your day? What if we could ask God to be with us, to to say, I'm not in control of this thing and I've got to give it to you again this week. Well, I think that we would find and that we, we will find that we can, we can start to reset and we can start making some corrections and some adjustments to how we spend our week. Maybe dropping things in your life or in your schedule that are not important, that are emptying you, that are making you unhealthy. So the Sabbath day was established as the first day of the week, okay? That's how it was established. Um, in the New Testament, it became the resurrection day, still the first day of the week. It wasn't the last day of the week, so you just do whatever you can and get there and just crash. I mean, you can crash on the Sabbath. You know, that's, it's, It is a day of rest, but It's supposed to be the first day that has an influence on the rest of the week. This is the day that should define each week. It's a time for us to get perspective and freedom from the constant desire that we have to run and run and chase and do all these things that the list is too long for us to get done. Because you know what happens? When you and I keep running, we keep chasing, we don't stop, we don't have a pattern where we rest we become slaves to whatever our schedule looks like. We're slaves. We're in bondage to whatever it is because we can't see outside of it. And so God says, I want you to take this day so you can grow in relationship with me and invite me into each day. Now, it's really important as God gave this message to his people, Israel, they had just left Egypt. Now, if you've read the, the, the early part of the Bible, maybe you've heard the story that Israel, they were in, slaves, uh, in slavery to Pharaoh in Egypt for hundreds of years. And so God, as he gave them this commandment, he, he wanted them to remember, to never forget what their experience was like in Egypt. They didn't get a day off in Egypt. They worked seven days a week. They did whatever they were told to do for Pharaoh and his kingdom. And so day after day and week after week rolled into one another. And they had no idea what their gauges said. They were disconnected from their gauges. They had no idea what was going on, why they were so tired and exhausted other than they were working, working, working. And God says, remember, I saved you from that and I'm inviting you into a life-giving pattern. I'm gonna give you freedom from trying to do everything on your own. I'll be with you and I will fill your tanks because I'm the only one who can do that. And here's uh, in Deuteronomy, in the, really the second giving of the law, here's um, what Moses shares with the people again on the Sabbath. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out, of, uh, out with his strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord, your God, has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day, to remember, to reset, to rejuvenate, to reevaluate, to prepare for a new week. And remember, God, you're the one who gives me freedom. This is a gift. I don't have to be a slave. I don't have to be in bondage to my life or to my schedule. And you're thinking, come on, Dave. I mean, this sounds really, really good. I mean, it sounds awesome. But I am too busy to take a whole day off. I mean, that would give me less time to get things done. I need my weekends. Hey, I get it. I struggle too with this. Candace and I struggle. But I don't want to go back to Egypt, I don't want to be a slave. I don't want to have moments and times like Canis and I experienced when we first moved here. And sometimes we do because we forget, but I don't want to go back because I know how important it is to establish this day, this pattern. And so here's what I try to do. Um, Sundays, I mean, that's, that's a, you uh, know, it says uh, your ordinary work week. Sunday is an ordinary work day for me, Right? Uh, And you're like, wait a second, you just work on Sunday. You have the rest of the week off, right? You're a pastor. No, I actually work during the week as well. And so um, we've had to kind of establish what's a pattern that works for some rest. And, you know, we have four kids, so we have to make movements and adjustments to this. But what I try to do is Friday at noon, I stop my normal, ordinary work into Saturday morning. And so that means that all the stuff you know going into Sunday service needs to be done. Message needs to be done. You know, I have meetings during the week. That means I shouldn't be doing meetings on Friday afternoon. Um, you know, I'm always thinking of action items. What gets what needs to get next? You know, next week, the, the month ahead. What do we need to be focused on? That stops. And we have a day that looks a little bit different you know what, when uh, there there are weeks that this doesn't happen very well. And what I notice on those weeks, and uh, this has been one of them, by the way, is that when we don't reset well in our house, I feel fried. I lose my patience. I get angrier uh, faster. I start worrying. I feel overwhelmed. I feel overworked. And then nobody likes being around me. But when we do these weeks well, when this pattern develops, when this day really is different for us, I notice a big difference. I pray more. I listen better. I'm more engaged. I slow down. I'm not focused on my stuff so much. I'm open to others. I'm open to my kids. I'm willing to sit down with Candace and really engage. Little things don't upset me when I begin to focus and reset the way that God intends for us to do. And you know what? No matter what your life is, no matter how difficult or busy it is, you need this too. You need a day to reset with God. Otherwise, you're never gonna stop. You won't. You will just continue to fry yourself until all of the gauges say empty and you're in a bad place. And you know what? I think we've all you know, been at that point where we realized, you know what, I just, I just wasted a day. I wasted a week. I wasted a month or I wasted a year of my life because I was focused on doing all these things and feeling disconnected from God because there was no reset. So how do we do it? How do we begin to reset? How do we take this day, this Sabbath day? And it, you know, it's, it's established as the first day of the week. Um, for a lot of, that, uh, of us, that, you know, that needs to be Sunday. That's just how our weeks work. It can be a different day. It really doesn't matter as long as you can set a day that looks different. So first of all, What needs to happen in that day? Just some suggestions to get us thinking about it. Well, the first thing is you need to slow down, right? If you're out of the house, typically at six or seven in the morning, this day needs to look different. You create a day where you have some space, right? You you try to begin the day connecting with God. You pray, you take a breath. Maybe you look at, You know a a text of scripture something to basically remind you okay day this day is different This is a day where i'm going not just to focus on god And then forget but to focus on god so that I can take this perspective into my week Maybe take a leisurely walk For some of us we need to put our house in order because the rest of the week it gets out of order So this is a day we put it in order You probably have to put down your phone set aside your laptop. I mean, technology kills this day of rest, right? Because even if it's different stuff, we're still going and going and going and we're not connecting with the people around us. Maybe it's a day where you don't schedule stuff unless you know it's going to be refreshing. It means think of people that you enjoy being with. Maybe you eat a meal together and it's not super fast, You're slowing down. And it should be a day that's different where you're not running your kids to activities, to sporting events, whatever. You're slowing down. Um, Maybe it'd be helpful to write a personal mission statement for yourself or for your family. Uh, This was interesting. This week, uh, my, my daughter got in the car. I think it was like day two or three of school. And she said, hey, I asked her what happened today. And she said, we wrote our mission statement for our class. And she told me what it was. And she's like, uh, hey, dad, what's our mission statement for our family? <laughs> I said, hmm, got me. Good, good. Because we got this general thing going. But as I thought about it, and this is what I'm working on right now, it's something simple. It, it's, it's something like this. To pursue Jesus each day and learn from him and practice his way of life now that's something i got to work on but a mission statement focuses us and that's what's supposed to happen as we reset to be able to kind of think through and talk through remember we're creating space not a seven minute appointment or a 30 minute appointment to talk about this we're creating space to remember what's important to us and what's most important for us in our relationship with god maybe it's a day where you know you're you're so busy doing your own stuff all week long that you don't have an opportunity to serve somebody else so this day is a day for you to serve somebody you're kind of involved in your own stuff but on this day of rest you can pay attention to somebody else and help them do something small for them maybe invite them over for a meal and here's probably the the most important thing as you you figure out your own pattern that you need on this day but just to take a breath to sit down if you're if you're married if you have a spouse sit down with your spouse and start to talk through your calendar what's ahead are we doing what's most important I mean Have a glass of wine or a beer together. I mean, sit down and spend some time and talk about it. It's okay. You can drink a beer on the Sabbath, okay? Because this matters. If we don't stop, nothing's going to change. I mean, even if we say, hey, this is a good idea, but we don't make a commitment to do something about it, nothing's gonna change. Um, a, A friend of mine tells a story. And uh, I love this story. He's uh, he's super busy. And he's in a busy stage of his life and work, and he's going, 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 and uh, and he's he's wanting to you know make uh, important commitments. And he's got this monthly invitation to go to a friend's house for dinner. I mean, for an amazing gourmet dinner. This friend is a gourmet cook, and so it's that particular night, and you know he's he's had a busy day in fact he missed lunch and he's thinking man i don't have time to do this i mean you know not only was the food good but the 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 company was really good i mean he knew these friendships were important he enjoyed it but he was thinking i don't have time for this Um, i haven't eaten today i'm starving the gourmet food they're just these little little plates and stuff I don't know if it'll be enough. And he missed a turn that he was supposed to make. And he he drove past this hot dog stand a couple of times. And he's thinking, I am so hungry. I'm going to stop. So he stops. He's looking at the menu. It's a drive-thru. I mean, there are all kinds of choices. So he orders three different hot dogs, fries, and a big drink. And he pounds him on the, west of the rest of his drive there thinking, you know, it's a, it's a longer meal. The food's probably not gonna even be prepared and ready. All that kind of stuff. And he finally gets to his friend's house and he's stuffed. And he said, then I ate the most amazing meal that I didn't enjoy. Now here's a picture, the gourmet table. And I think that's an important image for us, to recognize that we stuff ourselves. Our, our life moves so fast, and there are all kinds of options that we can put into our stomachs. But there's a meal that God has prepared for us on a weekly basis. And it's not meant to be a burden. It's something uh, that is, is supposed to be life-changing, something that is to help us to evaluate what's ahead, to feel a sense of, you know, I can slow down. I can enjoy this. This is a time with God. Maybe it's a time with some really good friends, but this is a time, this is a day that really does define the other days. And so my offer to you this morning and it's, it's really a challenge to me as well, but is to allow God to help you establish this day of rest in your schedule. And you have to figure it out and you have to make a commitment to it. But invite God as you sit down, as you sit down with your spouse, as you start looking ahead to say, all right, something needs to be different. We've got to start looking at our gauges. We've got to figure out how we can experience more of God, not just in this one day, but when we do experience God in this one day, it helps us each day of the week.